Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Revelation, chapter 6. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. As I said... Jesus could come at any time. If Jesus were to come today and you are not a Christian, you are left behind. And if you are left behind, I'm pretty confident you will become a Christian then. But why not spare yourself and become a Christian today and give your heart and life to Jesus today? You know, someone once asked me, matter of fact, it was sometime last week, someone asked me. They said, if you're a Christian and you're walking in the flesh... And Jesus comes, will you, be, will, will you be raptured, they ask me. And I'm thinking, okay, if you're a Christian, you're walking in the flesh, will you be raptured? I guess I have to ask the question, then why are you asking me that question? Oh, I get it, I see. You want to walk as close to the flesh as you possibly can and still go to heaven. That kind of ranks right up there with, listen, Pastor Rodney, tell me now, is it once saved, always saved or not? Why do you care? Well, I just want to know. Why do you want to know? So you can walk in the flesh? Huh? You want to walk in the flesh? Don't you? Okay, I'm going to walk in the flesh. Who cares? Here's the point. Walk with Jesus today. Love the Lord now. Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul now. Let the Spirit of God work in your life now. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Do that now. And listen, you won't have that to worry about. You don't have to worry about whether you're once saved, always saved, or if the rapture happens, will you get caught up? Of course you will, because you're loving Jesus now. You're serving him now. Amen. That's what you need to do. Don't focus on whether can I lose my salvation or not. Will I get raptured or not? Don't worry about it. Just love Jesus and serve him now. Now notice the tribulation. Notice these martyrs in our text. They're under the altar and their murderers, note this, are still alive on the earth. And these martyrs are asking, how long, O Lord, holy and true, will you not judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Notice it's a prayer of vengeance. It's a prayer of vengeance. Now, let's understand something here. They aren't praying a prayer of vengeance like, Lord, get them. Lord, would you get them for what they did to me? Lord, pull their teeth out without Novocaine. Lord, come down on their heads. Get them, Lord, for what they did to me. No, that's not the prayer here. That's not the idea here. You know, they're looking for God to establish his righteous judgment and justice on the earth. In effect, we pray the same prayer, the same thing when we pray, thy kingdom come. So notice, and and it isn't a question of timing. Did you get that? 
You see, it's, it's, it's when, not whether. It's when will you judge, not whether you will judge or not, because the Lord is going to judge. And Jesus said, notice his response. Be patient. There are still more martyrs to follow. Be patient. I have an appointed time, but first others will have to join you. So the souls of the martyrs under the altar speak of the fact that their lives were given sacrificially for the glory of God. So the fifth seal reveals the slaughtered martyrs. Notice in verses 12 through 17, we have the opening of the sixth seal. Notice in verse 12, if you're there, would you say a hearty amen? Amen. I looked when he opened the sixth seal and behold, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became like blood and the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops his late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it is rolled up and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath has come, and who, who is able to stand? The sixth seal unleashes, give me your attention, unleashes all sorts of cataclysmic, catastrophic, global chaos and judgment. And this judgment is horrendous, as you can read. It hits everything on the earth. The planet earth goes into a state of shock. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 29 through 30, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then the sign of the son of man will appear in heaven and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. The sixth seal is open at the end of the tribulation. It's the great day of his wrath and all of creation is in an upheaval. We can see, we've just read it, there are earthquakes, the sun becomes black, the moon becomes like blood in color. There are meteorite showers, the heavens roll back like a scroll, and the mountains and the islands are removed. The earth is in upheaval. Speaking of the last days, Joel chapter 2, 30 through 31, And I will show signs in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. Again in Isaiah twenty four twenty awesome verse tells us the earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard. Can you imagine the whole earth reeling to and fro like a drunkard and shall be removed like a cottage? In other words, the earth will be picked up and moved out of its place or out of its orbit. Now, how will that happen? Scientists tell us, scientists tell us, that every so often the earth experiences a polar axis shift or that the axis of the earth shifts. 
Now stay with me here. Presently, the earth is tilted on its polar axis at 23 and a half degrees. And as long as it stays at that tilt, we have our four seasons. As we orbit the sun and rotate upon our axis, the angle determines the amount of exposure to sun rays. So direct sun in the summer and indirect sun in the winter. Scientists believe a polar axis shift took place with the flood of Noah and the great fountains of the deep were broken up. It is also believed that a polar axis shift formed the Grand Canyon. Interesting, there are fossils found on the south rim of the Grand Canyon at an elevation of 7,000 feet, which is typical of life found on the ocean floor. A polar axis shift could have caused an ice age. This is fascinating. In Siberia, they have found mammoths perfectly preserved in the ice. These mammoths were frozen instantly, and when they opened up their stomachs, they found tropical vegetation, which means they were apparently, or there was apparently, some cataclysmic event that instantaneously turned Siberia from a tropical jungle to a frozen wasteland. Scientists theorize with a polar axis shift, there will be a tremendous earthquake Geological plates will shift and cause tremendous volcanic eruptions, which will send tremendous amounts of ash into the air, causing the sun to darken and the moon to turn the color red. There will be earthquakes and volcanic eruptions. I don't know if you've ever been in an earthquake before. If you've been in Southern California, probably. We used to live on the San Andreas fault line. Can you believe we bought a house that was on the San Andreas fault line? The realtors saw us coming. Nice house. And we used to get tremors all the time and experience earthquakes. I mean, what time we had this earthquake, it was like riding on a surfboard, man. It was like the house was going, and we were going, ooh, yeah, baby, aloha, man. The house was, the stuff was flying off the walls. It was a trip. Really, it was a trip. So that's why I want to live in California, man, all those earthquakes. Who wants to live near an earthquake? Okay, so live in the South and experience hurricanes. So what? I mean, what's the, wherever you are, listen, you cannot hide. You're all going to die. No, just, <laughs> like, Pastor, this is so uplifting. I'm loving this sermon. I found out the most destructive earthquake ever recorded killed more than one million Chinese people in 1556. The worst earthquake recorded in American history killed 700 people in San Francisco on April 18, 1906. And you may or may not remember Sunday morning, May 18, 1980, Mount St. Helens. It is reported that Mount St. Helens exploded with a force that was 500 times greater than the bomb that was dropped on Hiroshima. A mushroom-shaped column of dust rose thousands of feet into the sky and drifted downwind as gray ash fell over eastern Washington. Huge, huge rocks were sent flying into the air, and get this, and they landed 14 miles away. 
Huge redwood trees were leveled. The eruption lasted nine hours, and the landscape around Mount St. Helens was changed forever. And that was mild compared to May 14, 1915, Laysan's peak volcanic eruption in the northwest. A crater was formed approximately four 40 feet wide and 150 feet long. Huge boulders were thrown and found 70 miles away in the field. Ash covered the ground some 200 miles away, and columns of steam from the eruption reached 30,000 feet in the air. So if all of this takes place and there's a polar axis shift, there will be a whole new topography. Jesus said that it's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. There's going to be a whole different lay of the land. Volcanoes erupt, mountains removed, mountains formed, islands sink, land masses thrust up from beneath the sea. The sun and the moon will darken, meteorites descending. Someone once said, there's a whole lot of shaking going on. And it's true. It is. I don't know if you've noticed, talking about earthquakes, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a whole lot of survival kits on the market since September 11th. Have you noticed that? I was looking at an earthquake preparedness kit. Hmm, let's see. Earthquake preparedness. How do you prepare for an earthquake? I, I don't know. What, hold on? Just, just hold on, hope that you don't die. I mean, how do you prepare for an earthquake? I found a survival kit. It's called, this is true, I'm not making this up, okay? It's called a pregnancy survival kit. Now, what is that? I mean, it, got, it has clothes in the kit. I mean, what? Do you think you're going to get pregnant as you're hiding from the Antichrist? I mean, I, I don't get it. And then the one that takes the cake is the Game Boy survival kit. Can you imagine? Okay, so I'm going to play Pac-Man until the Antichrist comes and lops off my head. All these survival kits and preparedness kits, this money-making scheme. Listen, there's the only way for you to be prepared for this time is to give your life to Jesus Christ today. That is the only way to be prepared and to be safe is to receive Jesus and to be out of here. But I want you to notice the reaction of the earth dwellers, the reaction of those who go through the tribulation, the kings of the earth, great men, rich men, commanders, mighty men in verse 15 and 16, slave free. They hide themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains. And notice what they say to the mountains and to the rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of his wrath has come and who is able to stand. Did you note this? This blows me away. It's mind boggling. Boggling. Did you note the hardness of heart even in the face of God's judgment? Did you notice that? These guys, they don't repent. They resist. They're having a prayer meeting, and they're praying for the mountains to fall on them. That's weird. These people would rather commit suicide in a desperate attempt to escape their sins rather than repent. They would rather run from him in fear than to run to him in faith. 
and they're calling on the rocks to fall on them instead of calling for the rock of ages to save them. They call out to the rocks to fall on them. It is amazing. It is amazing how stubborn man is. Just prideful and stubborn. Even in God's Anger and God's judgments, even, and they know this is God's judgment. Not like they don't know what's happening. They know. They said, hide us from the wrath of the Lamb. Hide us from him who sits on the throne. They know that it's God. They know these judgments are from God, and yet they continue in their stubbornness and their hard-heartedness and in their rebellion. And instead of calling out to God and repenting of their sins, they resist the wrath, they resist God. They resist the one who sits on the throne. The stubbornness and the hard-heartedness of man never cease to amaze me. And notice what they're hiding from. They say, hide us from the wrath of the Lamb. Notice they're hiding from the wrath of the Lamb. Now, now this is a paradox. If I have ever seen a paradox, this is one of them, okay? The wrath of the Lamb. I can't fathom an angry lamb. Can you? I love sheep. I love sheep. I like to collect them and I love sheep. I ride on the roads out in the countryside. Not in Cary anymore or Apex. But get a little ways out and see little sheepy. Little lammy lammies. Honey, pull over the car. She pulls over, I get out, come here, sheepy, sheepy. Come here, come here, let me, let me. And they don't come. They don't like me. Come, come here, let me, let me, come on, come on. I'm a shepherd. They don't come. Because they don't recognize my voice. But I have never, I mean, lambs are kind of dumb. You know that. They have this real stupid look on their face. Have you ever seen them? And they just have a real stupid look on their face. And I've seen really stupid looking lambs. Truth. But I've never seen an angry one. Have you? Like, come here, lammy, lammy, lammy. <laughs> have you ever seen that? <laughs> I've never seen it. The wrath of the lamb. <laughs> This is a paradox. I mean, when, when have you ever seen a sign in someone's yard that said, beware of lamb? <laughs> have you? I haven't. And, 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 and if you've got a lamb that... Then, then, then that's, that's, a, that's a wolf in sheep's clothing. No. The wrath of the lamb. You expect wrath from a lion, but not a lamb. Not a lamb, not a lamb, no. Hide us from the wrath of the lamb. This is the end of the world, you guys. And civilization as we know it is over. This is the message that we need to take to the world. I was praying last night and even into this morning, Lord, make this stuff real in my life that I really believe this so that I can go and tell people about it. 
that I can be concerned about people who are going to be left behind. There will be some that are left behind. There'll be many, many. You know, the Bible says the, the road that leads to life, there are few. But the, but the road that leads to destruction, there are many. But we have a responsibility to go and tell people that Jesus is coming soon. We have a responsibility to tell people that this stuff is real. This is just not in the Bible for our pleasure reading. Look, it's either true or it isn't true. And if it isn't true, then why come to church? But if it is true, then we have a responsibility to go out that door and to tell people, listen, listen, Jesus is coming soon. Hey, dude, you see what's going on in Israel? Yeah. Oh, can you read a newspaper? Yeah. Have you seen CNN lately? Yeah. MSNBC? Yeah. Well, then I'm telling you, man, Jesus is coming soon. That's what all this stuff is all about. Really? Yeah. We got to tell them. We got to be concerned for their soul. I'm going to read you something, Dr. Adrian Rogers. He tells this story of a guy who had a great hunting dog, and the hunting dog was a perfect hunting dog. And the man was out fishing on his boat. And the dog was sitting next to the fisherman, quiet and just sitting there for a couple hours, and he saw a fish. The man saw a fish come up. And all of a sudden, something was wrestling over in the bushes. Well, the dog jumped up with his tail, went straight, and his ears went back, and he was looking into the bushes, and the guy says, shh, shh, be quiet, dog, be quiet, sit down. Just about ready to catch a fish. And all of a sudden, the dog starts barking at the movement over in the shrubs. And he swats the dog on the rear, and he says, sit down and be quiet. Well, then the fish swims away. And so the fisherman gets upset, and he took the dog's legs, and he put his paw up on the side of the boat and he went into his tackle box and he got a hatchet and he chopped the dog's paw off and he threw it in the water and he got the other paw and he chopped that one off and threw it in the water and then while the dog was bleeding he picks the dog up and he throws him in the water like Rodney that's a pretty sick illustration man (laughs) what's up with that I was reading this to Elvira last night and she's like Oh, that's awful. Ronnie, don't read that. <laughs> oh. And I even heard some of you guys as I was reading it. You're, oh, that poor dog, that evil fisherman. The moral of the story is this. Did you note your reaction when you heard the story? And you're like, oh, that's awful. How could he? Did you know your reaction to a story that's not even a true story? And yet, notice our reaction when we talk about Jesus who suffered, bled, and died for us. When we talk about Jesus, the one who is true, this true story now, this true story in the Bible of the one who suffered, bled, and died for us, the one who resurrected from the grave, the one who is coming back someday, the one who is going to establish righteousness on earth. This is a true story. And yet we get upset about the dog with his paws chopped off and we're mortified. But yet we talk about the gospel and we talk about Jesus and we respond to it real casually. There's something wrong with that. There's something wrong with that. 
Jesus died for us and Jesus bled for us and Jesus is coming back soon. And we need to be mortified that people are dying and going to hell. And we haven't taken the time to tell the co-worker who lives in, who works in a cubicle right next to us. We've never told them about the gospel ever. The person that sits right next to you in the classroom in the seat, right? You've never taken the time to share the gospel. You've had lunch a thousand times with that guy and you've never taken the time to tell him you're a Christian and to tell him he needs to be born again. We need to take this truth to the world because Jesus is coming soon. There is an urgency and an eminency about the return of Christ. Ask the Holy Spirit to really put a passion and a burning in your heart for the things of God that you might be concerned with people who do not know Jesus Christ because someday and someday soon he is coming again. Maranatha, he is coming again and it won't be long. It won't be long. Amen? It won't be long. Listen. And you need to be ready. Tomorrow? No. Today. You need to be ready. I'm already a Christian, Rodney. Where's your heart? Are you walking with Jesus today? Are you loving him? Are you serving him? Do you know? Are you sure? The Bible says make your calling and your election sure. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch, in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.